0: And welcome to episode 7 of the Playing It Wrong podcast. This episode, swords and wizardry and... Let's start off with some technical notes and general waxing. First, I want to talk about the podcast and the blog. My my goal for the podcast is maybe two or three episodes a week and to kind of just, like, rant and do various philosophical musings about gaming the OSR, a few humorous, you know, and then I stories. Well, I want the blog to be more content-driven. It's stuff you can use at your table, either monster, magic item, location, last week whatever even just little crafty projects. I know occasionally there's going to be overlap between the two and when there's a a good episode like probably this one I'll probably do a post that has like liner notes and links to interesting things at least what I find interesting or more relevant to the episode to hopefully help you few listeners out on the phone front. Well, looked at my carrier be about maybe 70-80 bucks to upgrade a phone and I know that's not that much. But there's a lot of cool Kickstarters out there right now, so I may put that money toward the Kickstarter, I don't know. But I might uh, do some mobile recordings that I can forward to myself that interject with Audacity into an episode to sort of do some on-the-go sort of podcasting in a way. So you'll probably hear the difference in audio audio quality now and then, and also the problem with my voice. So, what's up in gaming this week? First of all, I got a little Amazon care package. So, I'm one of those folks that's really, really cheap and I don't use Amazon that much anymore. So, getting Prime is just not worth the cost. So, I kind of accumulate this list of things to get and order them all at once so I can get free shipping. And I have a few little tiny inexpensive items just to get over that cusp, just in case. Well, today got another set of roll for initiative dice. Yes, I got more dice. That's R-O-L-E, roll for initiative. Bigger dice, bigger numbers. They're a little bigger than your standard, they're always high contrast, and they're pretty good for those grog nerds with aged eyes and bifocals, and make them easier to see. Plus, I really like them. They've got a good heft, and on the first set I bought, the first roll out of the gate, I created a player character while I was GMing, so they've got to be good dice. And what's up next? Well, we have gaming quotes taken out of context. Yeah, during the Dungeon Crawl Classics game this week, uh, one of the player characters actually said to an NPC, How much for an hour alone with your camel? You now, at first I was going to do Dungeon Crawl Classics first, because bu- that's what I'm running right now. However, Matt Random, uh, another one of the LSR anchorites, called in with this very direct question, and a very good one too. Hey Chuck, this is Matt from Matt Random. You said you never get any call-ins, so I thought I'd give you one. So you said you liked sword and wizardry above all the other retro clones. Why exactly is that? Beyond the other answers that you gave on the reasons why you like the OSR style gaming, why swords and wizardry exactly? So there you go. Now you got a call-in. Laters. I think the best way to answer that is to start off with how I went down this dark alley that is the OSR. So my last gaming group, we were playing 3.5, 4th edition came out, and we didn't like 4th edition. Okay, No edition wars, we just didn't like it, alright? Just move on from there, don't argue. And so we went, we played Pathfinder, we played the crap out of Pathfinder. And I got pretty good at making spreadsheets for my character sheets, since you almost need one depending on your character. I started thinking to myself, my god, there's got to be an easier way. There's, there's got to be something easier out there where we can spend more time actually gaming rather than checking rules and doing lots and lots of math. So I hit the Internet and I started Googling and searching and stumbling around and seeing where it took me. The first retro clone, if you want to call it that, that I really focused on was Castles and Crusades. I read it. I liked it. I really liked it. And I still think to this day it has one of the best illusionist classes out there, especially their spell list. So go check that out if you have a chance. And there's also another cool class in one of their adventures called The Conjurer. It was, I don't remember which adventure exactly, but it was part of, I think, the Black Tooth Ridge series. I think it was Cauldron I think was the name of it. You know, since this is the internet and I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong then I know somebody will reach out and correct me, hopefully politely. And my virtual wanderings took me on to Osric, Labyrinth Lord, Basic Fantasy. Uh I think at the time also, uh, Lamentations of the Friend Princess wasn't that established. So I was having I had all these things. There wasn't as many retro clones back then as there are now. You know, as so I was looking at, you know, all the all the game books I had at the time and all the PDFs looking I'm going, and I started saying to myself, well, I like this bit from this game, this bit from this game, this bit from this other game, and it's like, well, I t- which one to run? Trying to sit there and decide. Well, first of all, at that time anyway, Swords and Wizardry just came in three flavors. You had White Box, you had Core, and you had Complete. And that was before uh, Light came out, so that kind of gives you an idea of when it was. And I wasn't that interested at the time as White Box, but I loved Core. And I jumped on the Kickstarter, Kickstarter, Kickstarter for the complete rulebook with the Otis cover. I've still got my dice and all the extra stretch goals that came with that. And through a weird technical glitch, I just deleted a bunch of audio that recorded, and I don't remember what I said, so this is going to come out even stranger. Um, but anyway, Swords and Wizardry. I looked at it and compared it to all the other retro clones I had at the time. And it struck me that Swords and Wizardry was the one clone that offered me the best framework or foundation to start throwing in stuff from other rule sets. Be it a spell, a class, a monster, using a whole lot of adventure or a setting or whatever. It gave me the solidest foundation that I could play around and tweak with to get something from another game. And for me, that's a very important part of, especially the OSR, because the house ruling and the rules tweaks to your own tastes and to the tastes of your group is something that's been with a hobby since the beginning. Everybody played D&D differently back in the day because the rule books were so vague and poorly edited. But with all the retro clones, it's very much play your own game and house rule it the way you want to. So, while I may be using Swords & Wizardry as a core and a framework, by the time it gets to the players and the dice at the table, and with all my extra notes and stuff thrown in, it is no way close to what it was at the beginning, the way it was originally written. So, the end product is very much what I think is cool, what I think my players will think is cool, based off the you know, the internet hive mind that is the OSR and all the creators. For the actual game mechanics side, I'm going to kind of reiterate what I said in the earlier episode of one as far as ascending armor class, I actually like it and when we were playing second edition, when second edition was the current edition we house ruled in ascending armor class because it just made more sense to us because, you know, your plus one armor actually increases your armor class, not decreases your armor class. Additionally, I've grown to really like the single saving throw in in Swords and Wizardry over the 5 or the 3 from various other games, all the other games, or the 6 in the current edition. I, I, I like it because it's so simple and then modified by class and sometimes race makes it work with the least amount of garbage on your character sheet. You've got one number and a couple modifiers. That's it. And I think there's, there's a fairly good support for Swords and Wizardry itself. Frog God Games puts out, of course, uh, lots of great stuff. And there are so many third-party publishers that are putting out good stuff for, uh, for Swords and Wizardry. And like I said before, it's easy to import stuff from the other retroclones clones into Swords and Wizardry. So there's a the whole cornucopia of adventures, more adventures that I could probably run in a lifetime that I have sitting on my hard drive that I could use with Swords and Wizardry. And hopefully, Matt, that answers your question, why I like Swords and Wizardry. But, oddly enough, I'm still not done talking about it in this episode, because, as I've mentioned on the blog, and I don't remember if I mentioned it in a previous episode, since I'm running DCC now, and coming up next, I'm going to do Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells from Old old, old Skull Publishing. After that, I'm going to do Swords and Wizardry. I've convinced my group to let me actually do a good Swords and Wizardry game. And I've been debating myself and going back and forth on which flavor of swords and wizardry to use. And, you know, I kind of come down to, like, either White Box or Complete. Because, well, Complete's got everything in it. But White Box has got this simplicity to it that is so cool. And, you know, it's based off the Zero zero E rules. So... It's just D20s and D6s, and that's kind of the only thing that kind of bugs me in a way, because I kind of want to use all my dice. You know, I'm going to use my D4, my D8, my D10, my D12. So, I, you know, I got this crazy idea of to bring in, sort of, do a cross between Complete and White Box, which a lot of that work, that legwork's been done thanks to Barrel Rider Games and James Bond. Just go to RPG Now, find his White Box stuff got copies of the omnibus and some of the pr- the pdfs of really great stuff he's done and for at least for the white box classes the ones that he's done and the ones in the and also in uh white box fantastic medieval adventure adventures from seattle hill games which is pretty much a clone of swords of wizardry white box well it is a clone of swords of wizardry white box with very very few minor differences so the basic concept i'm kind of working on right now is for for the, the original framework is to use more of the white box classes, especially the way they're boiled down to their most basic component without all the moving parts of later editions and the craziness. But go ahead and put in the uh, variable hit dice and variable weapon dice, sort of using Oh Supplement Four Greyhawk with your little brown books, which you know if you listen to one of the earlier episodes, that's how I got started as Supplement Four. So that's definitely going to end up being blog fodder, who knows. It might end up as a uh, supplemental PDF thrown up on RPG now for uh, pay what you want. And we'll see how it goes, see what it looks like by the time the it gets together and it, it hits the table and it hits the players. So that's my uh, Swords and Wizardry rant. And then I've got another call in from Random Screed. And, well, here's what he's got to say. Hey, Chuck. Jason Hobbs with Random Screed here. What's up, man? Nobody's calling in to ask questions. I guess I don't really ask questions when I send in messages very often. But I'll ask you this. What about all the other retro clones that you didn't comment on? Like Adventure Conqueror King, Ambition and Avarice, um, Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Man, these are some important things your listeners want to know about. You're going to have to do multiple, multiple episodes just about these retro clones. And not about Katana Guy. I don't even know who the hell that is. Anyway, bro, keep it up, man. Have fun. Later. And that was the wonderful Jason Hobbs leaving a little comment there. Oh, God, Jason, yes, I know. There are so many retro clones. So, 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 so many. And that was the sound of a dog scratching. Because, yes, we still have a live studio and audience of two dogs here. Yeah, I've I've got a lot of retro clones here. Uh, <laughs> I've got Adventure Conqueror King, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, um, hero's journey, basic fantasy. Ow, 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 ow! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get. This is what happens when the audience goes crazy. Hang on. Yes, now we have the 60-pound dog deciding that she can be a lap puppy. So yes, we're gonna go through here. All right, like I was saying, Jason. Yeah, I've got lots of those retro clones, and to to be honest with you, I don't even remember what I have on my hard drive for PDFs. I mean more than once I've gone and had you know read somebody's blog and they were reviewing and saying this is a really great game this is a really great retro clone. And I go to RPG Now and you see that little red you have already purchased this product. I did. Okay, let's find it on the hard drive. Oh yeah, I did. And then read it again and see what I've got. But yeah, I'm going to go through my my stacks of hard copies and the the labyrinth that I've set up with a very poor filing system on my hard drive. And go through each one of these things and kind of not really review because it's not so much buy it or not buy it. Trying to tell people what they want or what they shouldn't want. But more along, here's the parts that I find that are really, really cool. And this is how I'm going to adapt it into my campaign or how I'm going to use it. So well, hopefully that answers your question or at least you know explains what I'm doing anyway. And I think I've droned on long enough on this episode. But we got one more thing up. Uh, Matt Random did call in again. This time was his uh, unfortunate experiences with Karate Guy. Ah, uh, yes, magical karate. He could do everything that Katana can. Mix those together and you've got Crazy Ninja Guy. Ah, oh, those are the days. Anyway, with that, I'm going to close out this episode, folks. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at amitebgazebos.blog. That's amitebgazebos.blog. And the letter B, not be spelled out or visit us on Facebook to search for They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin MacLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Please visit his website at Incompetech.com That's Incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also Downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org used under Creative Commons 01.0 Universal License.